Well, welcome. How are we doing today? Palm Sunday. Yeah, this is, marks a week that's a very important week in the faith tradition. Um, if you're new to the church, if you're new to faith, if you're new to um, this church, this is uh, the first day of what's called Holy Week. And Holy Week lasts all the way from today until next Sunday. And if you read your Bible, there's, there's different narratives of Jesus' life. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they're called Gospels, where a majority of the life of Jesus is written about these seven days. And today is a special day because it's Palm Sunday. This is an important part of uh, our faith tradition. And you can see a picture here today because um, we're going to look at different pictures that sometimes we have when we hear about Jesus or when someone talks to us, how just naturally sometimes the way we view things or the way we relate to things is different. So Jesus on Palm Sunday enters into Jerusalem, this holy city, on what's called the Passover. And the Passover, I'm just going to give you guys a quick history. The Passover was a special day that hundreds and hundreds and thousands of years ago that God uh, wanted his people to celebrate. The people that God chose were Israelites. And these Israelites were in slavery. And God said, I'm going to get you out of slavery. I'm going to get you out of oppression. I'm going to take care of you. And so he sent plagues to the Egyptians. And it wasn't until the 10th plague that the Pharaoh, the king, the people said, get out. We don't want you anymore. Your God is too much for us. It wasn't until plague number 10 that his Pharaoh's heart and, heart and mind changed. He said, I can't take this. And God said, because of this 10th plague, you're going to have a festival. You're going to remember me because of how I, with my strong arm, brought you out. And the plague is the Passover. It was a special, or it was the Egyptian, the Israelites were told, take blood from a lamb and put it on your doorposts. Because I'm going to send this angel, angel of death, that's going to come over. And if you have the blood on your doorpost, he's going to pass over you. And he's going to go to the next house. And if there's blood on the doorpost, he's going to pass over you. And he's going to keep passing over until he gets to the places where there is no blood that was shed. And the angel, the angel of death killed the firstborn of each household that weren't Israelites, that didn't have the blood that was on their doorpost, even the animals. He didn't leave anything undone. That's when Pharaoh said, I can't handle you guys. Get out of my country. Go follow your God. And from then on, God said, hold a week just to remember that, that plague. It's called the Passover. And the first day of the Passover, when Jesus entered in Jerusalem, we call Palm Sunday where there, there's palms that are put down um, to, in, to give honor and victory. It, you've heard it from Rachel that what it symbolizes. The news, the people in Jerusalem were all excited because they started to have this, this uh, experience. Like, wait a minute, we were taught about this a long time ago. This week is about how Moses brought God's people out of or out of uh, Egyptian rule, and today, now we have a new face. 
Jesus, uh-oh, we're going to get out of some slavery. Because they're under Roman rule. They said, oh, good. We have someone now who's going to be our Moses. We have someone now who's going to bring that strong right arm and get us out of slavery. We're going to have our own king. Woohoo! Hosanna! Yes! Put the, put the clothes down. Put the, the, the palm branches down. We're excited. But Jesus had more than just his, what they thought when they saw Jesus. Jesus had more to share. We're going to talk about that. Because the, the followers, the disciples... They didn't quite understand the full picture Jesus was trying to give. And I want us today to be challenged in our faith and to be affirmed in our faith how we see Jesus and what he's trying to show us. So let's keep going. Next slide. If not, that's all right. I can keep going. So... There's words in our culture, in our, in our lives today, that when we think of these words that are spoken, sometimes we relate to them differently. We all relate to them differently. So I'm going to just share a few words. Um, wh- what kind of picture comes to your mind? You know, just to yourself. We'll have some time to interact. What kind of picture comes to mind when you hear school? What kind of picture or things come to mind when you hear uh, pets? Maybe you're thinking of a family pet you used to own or a pet you want to have or you're you know, this perfect pet that uh, maybe it's a fish, maybe it's a dog. Uh, Christine and I had a pet tortoise when we first got married. It was awesome. Super tiny, little bits. And then we had baby James, and we said, sorry, tort, you got to go. <laughs> we gave him away to someone who's now taking care of him. Don't worry. Um, but we picture, we picture something different, and that is a beautiful thing. God created us all unique, and we all have different experiences where we relate different to different things. So... I want you to speak with your neighbor. I, I like to work in the neighborhood. I, I work a lot with um, different organizations. We try to, I work with Sam Leadership Foundation that tries to transform the city neighborhood by neighborhood with people of faith and people of goodwill. So when you hear the word neighborhood, whether it's the neighborhood you grew up in, the neighborhood you're living now, what image or picture comes to your mind, whether it's good, bad, or ugly, and share it to the person right next to you. I'll give you two minutes. Go. What picture comes to mind when you think neighborhood? Someone talk with Brian. He's all by himself. So when I think of neighborhood, I remember growing up in Hewitt, or Hewitt uh, neighborhood. Uh, we, I went to a school called Hewitt Elementary, and we had a corner lot uh, house, and they didn't have a fence. So me and my friends would run around our house, and the dog would chase us, and then we'd jump on our trampoline, and we'd spend the night on the trampoline, all fun, different things that we'd have all the kids and our friends together. That was just a picture that I have with their neighborhood. But we all have something different that we can relate to when we hear neighborhood. Um, sometimes culturally, thank you guys, you guys are great. I gave you a little bit of time and you did it. Sometimes culturally, our culture shapes how we see things and how we relate to things. 
Like right now, when you hear the word guns, what comes to mind? Shootings, schools, safety. Do you get a little fear maybe, NRA? Oh, I'm not here or there, but when we hear the word alien, things that come to mind. Culturally, things that come to our mind nowadays that they probably didn't make sense hundreds or 50 years ago. Next slide. When Jesus came, he started show, showing this picture of who God is. He said, although God is invisible, he is made visible through me. So Jesus came to say, I am here to fulfill who God is. This is what it says in Matthew 5. Don't misunderstand why I've come. I did not come to abolish the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. No, I came to accomplish their purpose. Jesus came to bring fulfillment to what was written. There's many times when Jesus is teaching, he says, you've heard it said, don't kill your neighbor. But I say to you, don't even be angry. Don't hate. You've heard it said, you can write a certificate of divorce and hand it over and you're good to go. But I say to you, I don't even want you looking at another woman, fantasy or lusting or pornography. I don't even want to... He, he draws some hard lines to fulfill the prophets, to fulfill the Old Testament. So we're going to show a little bit of some slides that are different pictures of Jesus. And they're going to run through them. And they're going to show different people's perspective of how they view Jesus. Because when... On Palm Sunday in the Passover, there was a lot of people chanting, and they had a, a pretty clear view of what they thought Jesus was there to do. But Jesus was teaching them something, even in his coming, and we'll get there. Even when he entered, he was trying to teach his people something. So we're going to show some pictures, and I just want you to start imagining what do you think was an influence of how they viewed Jesus. Pause. Some are corny, some are real, some are graphic or uncomfortable. We're just giving you permission to feel all sorts of things. Go ahead. Did we get stuck? Uh-oh. can't read that. It says, whatever you did for the one of the least of brothers or sisters, you did for me. And if you can't see, there's a hole in the statue's arm, in his wrist, or in his hand.
Is that the last one? You can go to the next slide. So I want to read this for you guys. I'm William Blake. The Everlasting Gospel. The vision of Christ that thou dost see is a vision, is my vision, greatest enemy. Thine has a great hook nose like thine. Mine has a snub nose like mine. Thine is a friend to all mankind. Mine speaks in parables to the blind. Thine loves the same world that mine hates. Thy heaven's doors are my hell's gates. Both read the Bible day and night, but thou reads black where I read white. Sometimes our pictures of Jesus are so different. When they come together, they clash. Just like Jesus and the Pharisees, Jesus and the religious leaders. How what he was bringing, they were arguing against so much to the point where they were plotting to kill him. Isn't that kind of crazy? We can all be reading the same Bible, yet if we don't have the Spirit leading us or a community of believers around us to, to grow with, can look ugly. Go to the next slide. So, what do you relate most when you think of Jesus? How do you, the Jesus that maybe you heard when you were growing up, the picture of Jesus that you were taught, someone passed down their faith to you, what do you relate most to Jesus as? Is it the Jesus, who's the good shepherd, who lays down his life. He's the kind of Jesus that, man, he goes off to the last sheep, and he's coming back with that, that one lost person, the one the farthest off. I kind of relate to that one a lot. I remember my mom, who, who would teach me this. She taught me to be Jesus in this way where uh, when I had a birthday as a kid, she worked in the school system, um, and so we get, went, to, went to the same school. She knew all the kids that didn't have friends. She said, you're going to invite him. You're going to invite him. You're going to invite her. And I was like, Mom, no. No one likes him. He's weird. And it was true. No one liked him, and they were weird. But she said, you're going to have him in your party. I was like, all right. So that was, that was the faith of Jesus. That was Jesus being passed over to me. What's a, what's a Jesus uh, you know, lived out that was passed to you? Was it a Jesus as a savior? Jesus as a servant, Jesus who is holy and perfect. There's some Jesus, there's some descriptions of who Jesus, these are all you can find in the Gospels that are really hard to relate to, that are challenging. I, don't, I can't see Jesus as a sufferer. Sometimes there's some things that are hard for me to relate to. I, I struggle with Jesus as my friend. Just because, you know, a friend is like there with you all the time. He's He's texting you and keeping track on things, and it can be kind of hard for me to, to, to view him that way. Last week, uh, we went into God Be the Glory, and we got to pray with them uh, to, to kick off our interfaith hospitality week. Man, do they know Jesus as their friend, as, as the person who's right next to them? They were praying like he was face-to-face -face with them. It was powerful. It was awesome. I was a little uncomfortable, but I was encouraged. I was like, man, this is good to be around. If you're ever interested, you can go in right after service and get a little bit of that. It's good. 
what Jesus are we passing on? What picture of Jesus are we sharing and shaping others with? Just thinking how you act and how you talk. Because Jesus is living in us. He wants to work through us. So how are we passing him on to others? Are we only giving a certain type? I'm only going to give you the Jesus who's, who's, kind, who's the gracious Jesus. Always giving, always giving, always giving, always giving. Jesus also flipped some tables, and he said, you hypocrites! He said some hard things, right? Thinking not just one side. There's a lot more of Jesus that he wants to show to you throughout your whole life. Today, maybe you're challenged with something different, or maybe you're affirmed like, man, I can relate to God that way. I'm so glad my Jesus is, is a good shepherd. Let's go. Keep up. Next slide. Jesus taught a parable where they were up. He says there was these people up in heaven, and Jesus said, you did a great job because when I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was naked, you gave me some clothes. When I needed shelter, you gave me a place to stay. And the people, this is their response. They're like, they were very confused. They say, these righteous ones reply. They said, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? Or a stranger and show you hospitality? Or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to the one of the least of these brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Now where can we go see Jesus in this picture? Sometimes we're caught with just, we want to be Jesus to others. We want to be the one that's the blessing. When Jesus says, I'm out there, you need to come to me. I'm out there. In the faces of the people on Lancaster that are flying signs, asking for money. A lot of times, all they want is someone to smile at them. Roll down the window and say, hey, my name's Caleb. What's your name? You can give them that, and I promise you they're going to smile or be very grateful. Next slide. This is, so I struggle. This is kind of came to me. If the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. The world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it, but you are no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world so it hates you. I can't relate too well to a Jesus that was hated. Can you? I'm more of the personality type, like I can't have anybody mad at me or I've got to make peace with everybody. This is a little bit challenging for me. And even, even today, you know, what came to my mind this morning was before Jesus went into Jerusalem, he, there was a whole jar of perfume just put on Jesus' feet. Relating to Jesus as being anointed and beloved and blessed. Sometimes to receive that, to receive a blessing or to receive a gift, like that is so extravagant you can't, you know, do anything. That's kind of hard to do too. So this is where we end. Next slide. Jesus is entering Jerusalem. And everybody's so excited. They're like, yes, our man is here. He's come to save the day. 
He's got us. And what does he ride on? A donkey's colt. And a colt means it's like a donkey that hasn't been castrated. It's young, just like when Moses was told the Egypt, or his, his people to get a lamb without defect. Here's a donkey's colt without defect. Kind of interesting how that plays. And he rides into Jerusalem. That'd be like, you know, he's got this huge paparazzi just going crazy for him and saying, yeah, we've got our man. And he rides in on something that doesn't really reflect what the people were saying about him. That's like, if you, if you follow basketball, it's like LeBron James, Game 7, NBA Finals, and he's wearing chanclas, flip-flops. You know? It doesn't make sense. That's like going to the prom in your, in your you know, first car beater. Mine was a 1987 Isuzu Trooper. It's like going to prom into something that's like Uncle Buck who has the smoke that come out the back and pops. You don't want to go into prom or any, you know, something where you want to look good and something like that. Well, Jesus was teaching his disciples something. I don't know if they all caught it. Because donkeys were used to do work. Jesus was saying, I still got work to do. I've got work to still be done. He's got a whole week that he was getting his disciples ready. He was, prepared, he was being prepared, and I still have work to do. But his disciples only had one vision, man, or these followers. And what's at stake when we only see Jesus in one picture or one image? What hangs in the balance? What happens if we only see Jesus as one picture or one image or one way that we can relate? What hangs in the balance? If you follow the rest of the story, if you come back on Good Friday, you'll find out where all these followers went. Where all these people who said, Hosanna, praise him, save us, you got it. You'll find out where they were standing when Jesus was on the cross. Let's be a people who, as a church body, as a body of believers, we can relate to Jesus in different ways. We can learn from each other. We can see Jesus in the people that are on the streets. We can see Jesus in the people that we serve through the different ministries that we do. Because we can miss something that Jesus might be teaching us. Let's bow our heads. God, we're so thankful that you're a God who um, has always got something to teach us in everything you do. Uh, you're the God who um, knows each of us individually, and you know where we need to be challenged and how we see you, and where you affirm us, saying, good job. You fed me when I was hungry. Well done. Lord, help us to see you this week, this holy week, in a new way, that we can grow in our faith, Grow in our strength in you, God. We ask these things in your name. Amen.